Welcome back to the Loved Out Loud podcast. I'm Weston Downing, and this is the podcast striving to help young adults grow in their faith by discussing different topics they're faced when trying to follow Christ. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by a new friend of mine, Pastor Magalians. He is a pastor at a church here in Lithuania. I had the honor of staying with him and his family here for about three weeks in the country. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that is both close to our heart, and that is our identity. Well, Milton, this is the first time I think we've recorded an episode, and I haven't been in my attic at my house, (laughs) but we're in your beautiful home here on the fourth floor, and I'll tell you one thing. If I have to walk up four flights of stairs with groceries for you guys again, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to report you. (laughs) Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. We don't have to pay expensive gyms here in Lithuania. All you have to do is live on the fourth floor and have no elevators. (laughs) That is exactly true. Like you said, my name is Milton Magalhães, and um, we've been in Lithuania for almost 24 years now, serving as church planters. That's a long time. It sure is. And I've also heard that you know like four languages. Is that right? Um, I used to, <laughs> but with little practice, I think I'm, I'm kind of rusted. So explain to me all the languages. Which ones do you know? I speak um, Portuguese. A little bit of Italian, a lot of Spanish, um, Lithuanian, and English. So the Portuguese came from, uh, you grew Uh, up in Brazil? Yeah, I grew up in Brazil, yes. Grew up in Brazil. Cool. Did you say how many kids you have? I have two children. Um, My daughter is 24 years old, and she lives in California. My son is 21, and he's studying in Macon, Georgia. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I got to spend some time with his son this week. I don't know anything about classical music, but he's one of the best cello players I've ever seen. Well, thanks for saying that. We think so. You know, he would practice about three hours every day, and if I'm sitting here on the couch, the, the deep sound of that uh, cello, cello going, it it just about puts me to sleep. <laughs> it's so gall- It's just Maybe awesome. that's why you liked it. Hey, I'm being honest. And the weather here in Lithuania was about to put me to sleep, too, because I'm telling you, it's like the weather in California. It's like 75 degrees here yes. during the summertime all the time. Like we've got the, We have the windows open right now, and it, the breeze is just coming through. <laughs> because I know back home in Memphis, it's everybody who's listening to this, they're like, yeah, well, it's 115 here and 100% humidity. We're dying. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> and you used to live in Memphis for a while, didn't you? Uh, I did. Um, I went to school a little bit there, and uh, a year in, in, in Memphis. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's awful. So, Back to you grew up. You grew up in Brazil. Yes. So I was let's just, born and raised in Brazil. Just let the audience hear a little bit about your background. You're a Brazilian guy who lived in Memphis for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you live in Lithuania. Let's just <laughs> let's just go over your journey real quick. Start with the, you growing up in Brazil and your family and everything. Yeah, I was um, born in Brazil to uh, one of seven children. Um, had a normal. Upbringing, um, had a great time growing up, lots of things to do. We didn't have all the cell phones and technology that we had today, so we did a lot of tree climbing <laughs> and running, <laughs> getting ourselves in trouble oh, yeah. a lot of times. Um, and um, I started um, college in Brazil, and then I came to the U.S. to finish. And actually, I went to Mobile, Alabama, um, uh, to Mobile College in 
finished my bachelor degree there. Served, served in the U.S. Uh, in Pennsylvania for almost two years as a youth pastor. And then I came to Texas, uh, to Fort Worth, uh, to seminary where I finished my master's degree. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, that gives, you know, all of us listening just, you know, a view of your call to ministry and how you ended up here in Lithuania as a missionary. I think that's awesome uh, because, honestly, I did not even know where Lithuania was. Did you, when you were called to Lithuania, did you know where it was or did you like? I had no idea. <laughs> and God works in funny ways, doesn't he? He sure does. Praise the Lord for that. So you obviously felt a call to ministry on your life. Uh, did you feel that when you were young in Brazil, or what age did you move to the U.S.? Or what, just give us some background on when you got saved and came to know Christ. You see, I came to Christ when I was 18 years old, and a year later, uh, God called me to the to missions, specifically to Eastern Europe. It was very clear the calling in my life. Um, so from then on, I just focused everything that I did in my life was to attain that which God has had called me to do. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when you were growing up in Brazil with your family, uh, were you a church-going family? Or? Yeah, my family was very religious, just not an evangelical church. So we, we believed a little bit differently than, than I do now. Yeah, well, I was um, born and raised in a very religious family. We went to church every time the doors of the church were open. I was taught that being good and um, that we were safe, that doing good works and uh, belong to this church was uh, the entrance to heaven. Um, at 18 years old, I, I came to find out that I was not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and even doing all that I was doing, and I, I was still kind of coming short. Mm-hmm. And um, Revelations 22, 15 uh, brought me to Christ. And, and I made a professional faith, and I gave my heart to Christ. And I entrusted my life to Him, mm-hmm. to guide me, to, to, to teach me. And um, a year later, He called me to missions. And, and I start, started seeking God's presence in my life and everything I did, and just so that I could attain the goal that had called me, which was mission, and, and, um, and it is where I am today. It's pretty much the completion of, of what God called me to do. So how old were you when you left the U.S.? What did you say? How old you were? Oh, I was. I had just, we, we had got married. I, had, I have a wife, and uh, we met in seminary, and we uh, spent two years, almost three years in Texas. Our first daughter was born in Texas. So I was about 35 when I came to Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before you got married, uh, let me even ask you this. How old were you when you left Brazil and came to the U.S.? I because came, you had, did you have the call in your life to missions before you came to the United States? Yes, yes. So a year later after my conversion, I, 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 God called me to missions, but I came to the U.S. when I was 26. Mm-hmm. Did you have any confusion about your call? Was it very clear? Did you struggle with it? Is that what you wanted to do with your life before you came to Christ? Well, I think, you know, finding your, finding who you are, finding your identity. I, as a young man, I think it's kind of hard to, 
to know everything about yourself. So I, I, I was, I, I thought I wanted to be a priest and study to, to do just that. And, um, but I, I didn't realize that I was doing mostly because there was some um, pressure to do that by family members, by my surroundings, everything that I knew. So I did, I did what, what I thought was right uh, until I came to really uh, study the Bible. And, and, that, and knowing the truth of, of, of what God is and what he wants to be is very different from what people want you to be or what you want you to do. So at that point, I, I felt like I had really found myself in a way. Um, but from the time I start reading the scriptures and I start finding out about salvation in Christ, and that goes completely against all that I had believed prior to that. Uh, everything that I believed before was work, 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 work your way into heaven. And then I'm reading now about this Jesus who, who has paid the price for me, has done everything that I can't do, I can't save myself, right? So. It, it really confused me a lot, and I needed somebody to explain to me because I couldn't understand. I could not understand the Bible on my own by myself. Mm -hmm. And um, the problem was that in the church that I was, I, I, I couldn't find anybody to explain to me because all they kept saying was that I was committing a sin, that, that I needed to do penitence, that I needed to do more work in order to uh, make the situation right. And on the other side, I was feeling God is tugging my heart Telling, come to me, come to me. That's all you need. It's, it's my grace. That's good to hear because I think for a lot of us, we feel like we don't have a purpose sometimes. We just feel like uh, we're being tossed aside in life. And, you know, you know, God even says in the scriptures that, you know, in Philippians, that he has started a good work in us. You know, yes. why would he abandon the good work? If you're alive yes. today, yes. God has a purpose for you, not just to worship him, but yes. hey specific plan not one that's gonna be so linear but the choices you make trying to seek his will it may look more like a web you're making decisions and he's there right there with it yes and so to hear your testimony it's encouraging because even when you were in a a place of darkness and a place where it seemed like there was no hope and you just had to break away from the system and and i can say what the world was telling you but that even goes to the religion that you were stuck in, the religion that was supposed to give life, but it was sucking all the life out yes. of you. As we start talking about our identity, of course our identity is in Christ, but do you think a lot of people struggle with their identity? I do. I really do. I think that's why we have so much confusion in this world because we we, we are raised in, 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 in places where... There are lots of uh, expectations put on children um, n not to you know, know Christ who knows you and will reveal to you who you are. But sometimes we are, we are desperately trying to um, just meet expectations from parents and peers. And, and, and I think I, when I was young, I was confused. I, I, I just want to please people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like in America, uh, growing up, and 
when I say this, I don't I don't mean it like a hundred percent, but I feel like this is very heavily placed on people. When you're growing up and you're going through high school, mm-hmm. and all the adults in the community or the church are like, "Hey, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life?" And I think in America, I don't know how compared to a place like Europe, maybe you can share some of that. But in America, there's so much weight placed on what you're going to do with your life if you're going to be blue collar worker mm-hmm. or a white collar worker if you're going to work in government if you're going to be an accountant if you're going to go to the military if you play sports are you going to do that professionally are you going to play it in college and what you do to make money almost becomes who you are and yes. people will associate and isn't that funny how the conversations you have with somebody yes. like you meet somebody in the airport or uh, I'm not even going to say airport because when I think meeting somebody in the airport here, they don't speak the same language as me. <laughs> but say I meet somebody at another church back home, mm-hmm. and we automatically start going, you know, hey, hello, where are you from? What's your name? And then what do you do? Yes. Because we're like, oh, you're an accountant? Then let me go ahead and, and let me, you're just a sit at your desk kind of guy. It's like, oh, no, I'm an accountant, but I also like to skydive. I like to go hunting. You know what I mean? There's the stereotype yes. we try to associate you with mm-hmm. because we've give you that your occupation and your job is your identity and that's not true yes i i, I think I, what i see a lot sometimes here and even in america is that because of those expectations people become what they don't want to be in life and that brings a, a, a certain degree of unhappiness in lives um you know we i think we're having people all over this world that are, even as we speak, probably contemplating suicide because, like I did once in my life, because we don't know who we, we are. And we want to we wanna please mom, dad, and, and friends, and relatives. And, and um, you know, sometimes that we lose hope. And I, I like, I, I think for me, it was like this. It was going into my, in my own bedroom and looking at myself in the mirror and, and saying, do I like what I see? Mm. Do I like who I am and what I'm doing? Because outside, we, we are used to put a smile on our face and, and play the parts that people expect us to play. See, uh, you go, you, it doesn't matter. You do that in church, in, at work, in school, and, and people are not happy. People are not happy because they haven't found who they are in, in Christ. And I know that I don't want to take all this back to Christ, but that's where everything starts. That's mm-hmm. At least with me, that's where I found myself. Because like you said, in Philippians, it says that God uh, begins a good work in you, but he is the one who completes it as well. Mm-hmm. See? So if I'm looking elsewhere like I was, um, then you're not going to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like what you said. You know, you said, I, I don't... Just like saying, well, I'm going to bring it back to Christ, but that's truly where you find who you are. And yes, we're not going to be naive about it. It's not when you get saved, oh, then you find who you are. Because like I said, I got the honor of preaching today at your church. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this a bunch and that salvation's not the finish line. Salvation is the starting point. And I was preaching on Romans 12, 1 through 2, and how we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Yes. The more we step into God's present and presence and we behold His face and we spend time with Him, then He starts revealing Himself to us. We get to know Him more, yes. and we should truly start knowing ourselves more. And it's, it's very interesting because if I think back to my life over the past two years— uh, I'm about to enter my last year of college, so the past three years. Stepping out of high school, I was very nearsighted. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking long-term at all. I was I was doing a lot of video production at the time, and I was like, well, I might do this thing for a little while. And uh, I, 
I didn't give it much thought at all. But it even wasn't a career thing. It was a who do I want to be thing. It was a how do I want to treat people thing. Because I think just because I was following Christ in high school and pursuing him that I just had it all figured out in a sense. But (laughs) it's funny. When you have that mindset of you have it all figured out, you're very immature as a Christian. Yes. You have not even stepped into that wide spectrum where you see how far you need to go, and it never ends until the day you die. Yes. Well, I, you know, I'm 59 years old, and I'll tell you this, and for those who are listening to this, that you never stop learning. You're going to be learning until you die. And when you think, oh, I think I know everything, then you realize that you don't know uh, everything that is to know. Um, I think, you know, I, I, as, as a missionary, I just want to tell people uh, around me, Christ wants to come and, and, and into your heart and, and give you that peace of mind that sometimes when you are growing up, that you are maturing, that you are looking to find out who you are and all this, you don't know. It, it, and, and so, you know, a lot of young people, even though I'm 59 years old, I, I still remember how, what, to be, what it's like to be young as, as you are today. I am forgotten. It's not that long ago. Because you're running out. You're out running eight miles and stuff. He had me run another day. I'm like, God, he's almost 60. He's about to kill me with this running. <laughs> well, you know, I, we've been serving here all these many years. And, and, and I tell my children, I tell, I tell all these young people here, I said, don't, don't, don't lose sight of Christ. Because when you do that, then you start looking for satisfaction and fulfillment and, and hope and, and uh, in, in the wrong things. Mm-hmm. See, I, I hate to see, um, you know, I, I keep telling my children, uh, stay centered in the Lord. And, and, and he'll give you. It's, it's, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What we, I see a lot today is a lot of young people seeking, going like a, ru- a mad rush toward things that are not good for them. Because they're just so uh, wishing that this is going to make me feel complete. This man is going to make me feel complete. Or this girl, uh, you know. And then they, 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 they lose themselves. You know, I cannot tell you how many young people I have talked to that are unhappy, that, that, are, that feel like they failed because they gave themselves to the wrong person. Because they thought, if I give myself to this person, he'll make me happy, she'll make me happy. If, if I do this, if I, if, I, if, if I smoke this, or if I drink this, or if I, if I go to this place, I'll be happy, and it doesn't. So we have a lot of people still seeking, but you see, once, once you start doing that, it's really hard to find your way back. But I just want to give hope because I see a lot of our young people here in our country find this hope that Jesus is the one who will complete them. And if they stay focused, first, Christ, delight yourself in the Lord. He will, He's faithful. He's not a liar. You know, I like, I like this text from 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 3. That says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers 
to say what their itching ears want to hear. And that's what I see the mistake. Even it is happening already. See, come closer to the Lord. And in all these liars and, and temptations will flee from you. See, you'll be blessed. You'll feel complete. You will be joyful. It, joy is not just a, a feeling that you feel now and, and then later when you don't. Joy stays. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. See, when I was young and I was confused and I didn't have this hope that I have today in Christ, and, 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 and I tried to finish my life, I tried to, uh, to, to, I tried other things that were not good for me. And, but I praise God that w- with His forgiveness, He brought me back to Himself to himself first. And once that happened, my life, my life had focused. I knew who I was, not in myself, but in him who created me, who knows me, and who, who had his desire is, to, is to, to, to guide me, to teach me, to save me, to guard me against all perils of this world. I came to the U.S. when I was 26 years old and faced a, a completely new culture and new challenges. Mm-hmm. But because of him, I stayed in, on the track mm-hmm. that he had set for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real big answer. You know, our how to if the goal in your mind is the how to find your identity and the answer, obviously, to seek Christ, the goal will no longer be how do I find my identity, but it's how can I know God more? Because I think about my early years in college, you know, I was caught up in some sin that I shouldn't have been doing, and I was slowly but surely driving a wedge between me and my relationship with God. And, you know, when you're in those moments of sin and you're saved, or even as you're a lost person, you... you don't understand where you're at at mm-hmm. the moment until you get out. It's yes. like being inside a dark room, but you don't know where the heck you are, and you're trying to you're bumping into things. Mm-hmm. And until you go downstairs and you leave the building, you see the building you were in in the middle of the daylight, and you say, "Wow, that's where I was." And yes. as you walk down the street, you keep seeing how tall that building was and how big of an obstacle it was. I think about that, even. You know, obviously, everybody hears in your testimony before you're saved, but this applies to my life. Being a Christian, I'm seeking Christ. I know I was saved. A few a few years later, I start just seeking the Lord. I want to know His Word more. I want to memorize His Word. I'm having Bible studies. I go off to college, and you know, now the process begins. I need yes. to find myself, and then I slowly get into this habitual sin that I shouldn't have been in. And you say, well. Are you really saved if you're in a habitual mm. sin? Well, let's look at the prodigal son. He was still a son even when he ran yes. off. Yes. But here's the tricky thing. I didn't go anywhere physically, if that makes sense. I never stopped going to church. I never stopped going to Bible studies. I never stopped going to campus ministry stuff. I never stopped teaching the Word of God. But spiritually, it was like I was running away. Or spiritually, I was like trying to serve two masters. I was trying to dig in the Word, but then I'd go to that sin. And I'm feeling convicted, but I feel like I can't stop because my body wants to sin more. And like how I mentioned this morning, you know, your body is a wonderful servant, but it makes a terrible master. master. And I'm going to tell you one thing. It's hard to figure out who you are when you're having to fight a battle every single day, mm-hmm. every single week. If you're in a relationship, where, and listen, 
there are immature relationships because I think in America we're constantly encouraging, you know, you know, kids to date each other in middle school and high school and not encouraging it. Be like, oh, little Johnny, they have a mm-hmm. girlfriend or a boyfriend and yeah, that's cute or whatever. But seriously, how much damage are we doing there mm-hmm. with that? Because we're teaching it's not okay to be single until, you know, you kind of have your life together in a sense because you really don't need to be dating anybody until you know who you are. But look, I still think it's okay to date in high school and mm-hmm. to, you know, get your feet wet in the dating game and, you know, communicating with girls. But still, if if you don't know, you don't have to have, like, your life all together. You don't have to just be making a great salary, have a house before it's time to date and get married. But if you don't know who you are, how do you know who you need to find? That's right. And that's a big problem when it comes into our identity and my identity. I'm sitting here bouncing back and forth between am I in the right degree? Am I, you know, doing – am I on the right track? What I want to do after college? I'm struggling with all those things being thrown around in my head. I'm over here in sin on the side. It's like this is not a great mixture here. And so if you're constantly fighting battles, how can you really find out who you are? That's right. That's right. You know, you won't say to yourself, I want to know who I am, but just 50%, right? Why would you get in a relationship where that person just gives 50% to you and you give that person just 50%? I have heard several times people saying, well, 50% and 50% make 100%. But in a relationship, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. You bring 100% and the other person brings 100%. That's knowing who you are and what you want from life. Right. See, don't, don't fool yourself thinking, well, <clears throat> whatever is missing in my life, that person is going to bring in. It's not going to happen mm-hmm. if it's not there. That's exactly right. I've got a verse here in First Timothy also. It's First Timothy 6, 9-11. And this talks about what are we striving, what are we seeking towards. Because obviously the main theme throughout this whole podcast we talk about is denying yourself, seeking Christ. And I want to – I'm trying my best in this podcast not to just so generally throw mm-hmm. that out anymore. But how specifically can I get down to the details? So First Timothy 6, 9-11 says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction Mm. for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs but you man of god flee from all of this and pursue righteousness godliness faith love endurance and gentleness i mean that's a heavy piece of scripture but the main theme is, what are your eyes fixed on? Mm-hmm. And money is a root of all evil because yes. money is this thing that's very tangible, and it's it almost fuels that pride. And especially for men, maybe it's like success and how much can I accomplish on my own effort, and it can really distort your view. And if, especially if you start putting your worth into that or seeking a job where it's like, well, this has more money. And I get it if you're in a career field and it's all in your career field, and there's a career that's making $20,000 less and one that's not, why would you take the $20,000 less if yes. it's the same job? Yes. But. You know, uh, because of reality, the reality in America is like become a professional this, a professional that. We have seen even uh, this, this kind of, I would call it a sin coming into, into, the, into the church. 
We have now what we call professional preachers, you know, because the churches have become mega churches. So, you know, the, the senior pastor cannot be the pastor anymore. So he employs other people below him, and he's just the preacher. He's the superstar, the one who comes on the platform on Sunday, and everybody has to listen to what he has to say, but nobody knows how, how he's living his life. Mm-hmm. In the church, we also, you know, and for those listening to us, we don't want to become professional Christians, just verbalizing things, not living. See, mm-hmm. if you are doing that, you are lying to yourself. See, right. so don't do this. It's whatever, like you said, whatever you put your money, that that what that's what you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation this week with a buddy of mine. He was thinking of doing overseas missions in the next year or two, and uh, we were we were talking about uh, our pastor was talking about uh, maybe licensing him for ministry, mm-hmm. not ordaining him, but doing being able to do weddings and stuff just to add some level of credibility yes. in a sense. Uh, but anyways. The whole we were talking about that, and he was like, "Man, I don't know if I really want to do that." And I was like, "Man, I'm the same way. I feel like the the spotlight is being put on us." And I was like, "Man, it's the same way with this podcast I'm doing." I was like, "I really felt led to do this podcast, not because I'm holier than thou, no. but it's now that I'm here, and I'm constantly putting stuff out about Jesus. It's like, okay, it's like I can't, I just can't, I don't want to be a hypocrite." You know what I'm saying? But also, it's kind of holding me accountable, too, mm-hmm. that I can't just go do something dumb. Because how would that look for his ministry, not my ministry? Let me, how can I staple my name? But what the Lord is doing through this. Because I'm just the one plugging up the mics and finding people. You know what I mean? Like, yes. But the Lord is working through it. But on the other hand, also people need to understand that what you're doing is identifying with them. You know, you are trying to live the Christian life the way you should. Right. It doesn't mean you never said, and I don't think you'll say that you're perfect. Mm-hmm. See, just like so many people there, we don't want anybody to put anybody on a pedestal. Don't put us on a pedestal because right. we ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. See, that, that place is already taken. It belongs to Christ. Right. See, he's perfect. We needed to set our eyes on him. I think I'm just, I see people leaving churches, getting upset because, uh, you know, the color of the rug is not right or the people are not nice enough or they didn't say hello to me. Don't, don't set your eyes on people. Set, a, set your eyes on the Lord Jesus and he will never, never fail you. He will never disappoint you. He will lead you in perfect ways. Mm-hmm. When I, when I think more about identity, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to sit down with people like you. Like, you're 59, like you said, and there's a lot of wisdom that comes into that. Well, and just li- <laughs> Because you've experienced life. And it's you, just life. And wisdom is, I know not to, what to do wrong, you know, anymore. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> it's try not to do wrong. <laughs> try not to do wrong. And it's like, I've done wrong, so don't do that. <laughs> yes. yes. Wisdom is experience. Yes, and, and, and it's, uh, we have, you know, uh, people who learn from other people's experience and some who, some people who learn from their own. So some people listen to what you are saying, but they still want to do their own, make their own mistakes. So, you know, mm-hmm. there is always going to be like this. For sure. But, but what I want to say is if you are hurting and if you are in a situation, like you said, in a dark place, uh, tired of trying to please people or tired of people telling you, you need to do this, you need to be this, you need to go there, you need to study this, seek Christ go to his word honestly pour your heart to him and say God I am at a loss here I don't know what to do can you show me 
mm-hmm. what to do. And I feel like we could almost cast so much weight when we say, see Christ. It's like, okay, I know you're already running in circles in life. Here's another thing to add to your list. Go and it, see Christ. And it's not like that. It's no. not go do more Bible no. studying. No. It's not go no. do more praying. It's it's just what Jesus said. It's His yoke is easy it's and His easy. burden is light. Yes. It's telling you just to stop yes. and rest in yes. Him. It, and you know, listen, for those listening to this, just giving time, let your spirit talk with God's spirit. And, you know, he, he knows what is in your heart, right? We, we, we can only see the outside of the people that we come in contact. My God, man, he's, he knows your heart. He knows what is hurting you. He knows what, is, uh, um, what decisions you have to make. And, but most of all, he knows who you are and, and what, what is his perfect plan for your life. See? Man, all my life I thought, I want to be a priest. God wanted me to be a pastor. See? It was not to be, to this day, I don't want to be, uh, this is uncomfortable enough for me to be speaking here. Mm-hmm. Because I am uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. But what I know for sure in my life is that God wants me to use me to help others through the same mistakes, the mistakes that I made. So I, I do pray that those people who are listening and are confused that they may yield to, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to finding your identity, whether there's a lot of things that help facilitate that. Well, there's only one thing that helps facilitate that, and that's Jesus Christ himself. Yes. And there's a lot of barriers to that. And the barriers can be being in a place of sin. The barriers can just be naturally who you are, yes. like people-pleasing. Because I have a little bit of that in me. I'm more so-so, half and half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mindset is I don't I don't really know how to explain it or put it into words, but I do want to say this, that prayer works, and if you will just rest and pray, God will slowly change you. Yes. He will slowly continue to do that work. If you're honestly praying, Lord, just help me put my foot down. Help me just not people, please. Help me love people and have a good balance of yes. that. What it, it may not even be people, please, and it may be something else. But And if you're trying to figure out your career or whatever, you don't have to look at what everybody else has done. You have to have faith in where's that still, small voice. What is God just kind of cute? What is he whispering in your ear? And you have to leap out on faith like that. You know, I have, I have two children, and, and I am a missionary. It, 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 there were times that the temptation was, you know, kind of, you're going to have to do the same thing your dad is doing, your mom is doing, because this is great, and it is great, but this is a call in my life. In, in their mama's life. It, it is not the same for them. They, they, they have come to Christ. They have followed the Lord. They are, try, they are, they are searching God's heart and uh, in, in, in trying to fulfill what is for them out there. But n- not one of them has chosen missionary life. You know, one uh, study anthropology and the other one study music, you know. so But that's what God... Who knows how God is going to use them with that? I don't know, but I know they belong to God. And God is going to use them in those kind of occupations that they, they have. 
Mm-hmm. But the last thing I want is to coerce them to do what I am doing right. when it's not for them. Mm-hmm. See, my, uh, my brother gave me a good piece of advice, I think, last fall. He said, you will go through the most amount of change when you're 18 to 22. And I was like, that's only like, you know, four years. I'm like, how much change can you really go through? And it's really, it's really been true. You start, it's that getting out of the house. It's that trying new mm-hmm. things. How can I challenge myself? How can I grow myself? What you, because a lot of people, they think, you know, who you are is just kind of what you did in high school sometimes. Yep. You know, oh, you played the sports. You were a, uh, you were an agriculture guy in high school. And then you start doing something totally different. And because you start figuring things out and trying new things and, you know, figure out what you don't like. And, <laughs> yes, that's a good way. <laughs> and then figure out something that doesn't annoy you and, you know, try to make a living at it. But yes. then what's your main focus? You know, going sharing the gospel, making yes. disciples, your family, uh, you know, enjoying your life. A lot of people think, you know, to live for Christ. And sometimes it may sound like on this podcast uh, that to live for Christ means you have to abandon everything else. And that's not true. The thing is, you must be willing to give up things that are preventing you from calling for following Christ. You don't have to give up everything. You can still look, you should not be convicted if you have a good job, you have a great family. That's right. And you know, you have a nice boat and you like to go on the lake on the weekends. You shouldn't be at fault. You shouldn't be guilty because you've been blessed. That's right. You no, should only be no, guilty God if, wants to bless you. Right. You should only feel guilty if your relationship with Christ is suffering or yes. you're not being obedient to the Lord. That's right. You know, know this, God's heart is to prosper you. That's what it says in Jeremiah, isn't it, 29, 11. God's plan for you is to prosper you. It's not to hurt you, not to damage you. It's to make things go well for you. In Jeremiah uh, 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. See, that's what young people searching right mm-hmm. one they want to prosper they want to have a good life but you know if you read this uh, verse backwards see it starts with future hope see in uh, the plans that God has for you which is not to harm you but to give you the desires of your heart prosperity I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel exactly. here I'm just saying relax Relax. Let God take care of you. See, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we tend to fret mm-hmm. too much and it's, not to pray too much. And you know, when you see that verse in the Bible and you think about the lives of the apostles too, like Stephen was stoned to death and the other 10 apostles, well, they gained another right, but all of them except John were martyred. Is that right? Uh, I, I don't recall right now all, the way all of them died, but but I think all of them except one. But Judas was already dead. Yeah. But anyways, but you may say, well, you know, Stephen being stoned in the town square—that's not a prosperous life. But here's the deal: how close was he to the Lord? You know, where was was it in money? Was it in wealth? You know, is that you have to weigh what is the focus and what is the balance here? Because here's yes. the deal. I know where his blessings are. Yes. Because where your heart is, where, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. Yes. And so, like I said, it's okay if you have that lake house or a boat or whatever, but if that's your treasure, yes. if that's your treasure, we know your heart's there. Yes. If you're always at the lake on the weekend or if you're missing church once a month even just to go to the lake every single month or every single summer, I'm not trying to 
be hypocritical here because I haven't been to my church in three weeks because I've been here. But you know but what I mean. You've been in church. Exactly, but I've been to church. But you know what I mean. Where your treasure is, your heart is also. And so it has to have, you have to have this balance and always check yourself and just say, where are my priorities at? Because it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. Because, you know, I feel like I've had a, the past few months have been a good relationship with the Lord, but all it takes is one mistake. All it takes is getting tripped up one time to spiral me down if I'm not checking myself. Yes. You know, I don't think that it's been any moment in my life that I look at what other people have and desire that. Because the rich is inside me. I'm rich inside, in my heart, my mind. Um, I have everything I want. And, and that is the peace that surpasses understanding in my life because I have been without peace. I have been without hope. I have been with that so confused that, like I told you, I, I didn't want to live. That is gone. I, you know, everything that I have today, I consider myself so blessed, so rich. I might not have membership at a country club. I don't need that. I, I might not have, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars in, in the bank. I don't need that. I have... Peace in my heart, peace of mind. I go to bed every night and I sleep in peace. I have a, a wife who loves God and loves me. I have two children that found their, their purpose in life in Christ. When they were six years old and, and even to this day, they're still living for him. What else do I need? I have everything that any man could possibly want. I am so fulfilled. You know, I have even today people telling me that this is the way we believe now, or this is what we're doing now. This is the church, the direction of the church now. Uh, you, if you don't do I, I don't. I don't need to do this. I know who I am in Christ. I know what I believe. The Bible doesn't change. Even, even if for us, if it won't change even for me and you. The Bible stays the same. It is us who have to change for Him. And when you allow that, you find the joy that you're looking for. I don't have to change. I, I, I changed once, and God continues to change me every day. But I'm changing because God is doing the work in my life. I'm not doing this to please anyone. I'm trying to please my God. And you know, as a result of this, I am content. I am content. Mills, and those were great words. I've learned so much just from our conversation. I look at, I'm just starting to look at life differently too, and just checking myself. And am I trying just to get a job and put a lot in my bank account, or am I trying to? be rich in other mm. other areas and that's not the main purpose like you said but it's to see Christ so I really appreciate your words is there anything else you'd like to say to anybody listening on here I pray that God will bless those who are listening and that they truly will see God's face and give their hearts to Christ and, and tell God tell God um, tell me what next <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you for opening up your home to me the past three weeks it's been an awesome experience just to live alongside y'all and see what it's like to be a missionary i've never been to europe so it's cool to see what it's like to be in europe and also be a missionary in europe and how 
relationship focused you guys are and everything you do with your church and everything. It's been a My blessing. Pleasure. God bless you. All right. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And Pastor Milton did a fantastic job this week. So if you've listened to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. Be sure to rate us and uh, share with a friend if you think they need to hear this episode. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.